When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Wargo Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with my buddy, Jared Davis. We barely squeaked out a win against Georgia State. It was a win. It was an ugly comeback at the end, but it still is a win. And I think that's about as much as we can... Uh, hope for. I mean, this this could have easily been. I mean, I kept coming back to, uh, Jared. I mean, games that I'm thinking about, big coaches losing to you know smaller and inferior teams. Like I'm thinking about the Sabins of the world losing to Louisiana Monroe. Oh boy! And Harson Harson somehow squeaked out this one. Um, and and Jared, I I know both of us were kind of freaking out a little bit during the game, but we did win. Have you have you calmed down? Have you been able to like you know gather your thoughts about this? I was calm the whole time, AJ. What are you talking about? <laughs> for those are you an know, Auburn a, fan? Yeah, for those that don't know, I'm in a, I'm in a chat with AJ. He knows I was not calm at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, they they mentioned at some point. I think that uh, Georgia State coach somehow has a connection with Appalachian State, and they mentioned it like early in the game, and I'm like, oh no, because I mean the the one we all remember was Appalachian State beating Michigan. Oh, yes. And, and Georgia State's not on that level. I mean, Georgia State's a, a sunbelt. I mean, Appalachian State was 1AA at the time. But when they said that, I'm like, oh, no. There's a connection to it. This isn't going to be a good day. No, no, um, no. But, yeah, I mean, I've I've come back down. Um, actually, a very exciting game. You just don't – like, my kids loved it because they don't realize that we're supposed to destroy Georgia State. Right. So they were super excited thinking we're now the best team in America. Well, and what I was also thinking, I feel like most fans coming to the game, myself included, thought we were going to beat Georgia State by you know, at least a handful of scores. And this was a this felt like in the fourth quarter, with like you know eight minutes left to go in the game, it felt like an Iron Bowl. Like we are competing, clawing, hoping to beat Alabama, and yet yeah, it's still just Georgia State. And so I feel like the fans got their money's worth out of this game. Uh, they got their money's worth. There is no doubt. That yeah. was uh, I, I mean, if you take away all the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, it was a great game. Yeah. I mean, I just hate that literally for it felt like at least 55 minutes of the game, like Auburn's offense and defense kind of didn't show up the way we expected them to. Well, I think, I think I planted that in your brain. I think you corrected me before we came on. The defense didn't show up for 30 minutes. The well, defense, yes. the defense played very well in the second half. Um, I think Georgia State went a little conservative, and that helped. But we got back to stuff in the run. Like you're not going to run on us, and that was due to Zacoby McLean. I think without a doubt, AJ, we now know who the uh, the MVPs of the defense are, and that's <laughs> Owen Papo and Zacoby. Yeah. And if you got to roll with one, I, I'll go Zacoby because that man. 
I mean, they didn't get anything when he came back, and, and that was about the only thing we changed, I think, was bringing him in. Yeah, and even the coaches, defensive coaches after the game said, we made some minor tweaks, but they didn't really change up what they were doing. Even Derek Mason said, I, I didn't change like how he was calling the game on defense <laughs> because he, he thought we had a good plan. And, and it, I think it did come down to us kind of sleepwalking into this game and bringing not as much energy as we needed to. And Georgia State capitalized off of that. We looked so flat on defense for the first half. Second half, defense turned it around, said, we need to play tough Auburn defense. And what did we do? We did that. And we allowed zero points in the second half. And I feel like that's that's cleaning up your act in the second half. It's a good thing. But I feel like at the same time, like if we do that against LSU or Georgia, anybody else in the SEC in the first half and allow a team to put up 24 in the first half against you, it is not good news. You, you're going to have a tough time coming back from that. And I think Auburn's kind of fortunate that we were able to come back um, and, and get this victory when our defense, in a way, didn't live up to what we had hoped and what we think Auburn's defense, just talent-wise, is. Um, and, and, I mean, I, I'm going to go ahead and put a little blame on – I feel like that was Derek Mason. And I think Derek Mason's preparation for this team, uh, you know, getting his guys ready, wasn't what it needed to be. And I really hope this doesn't happen again. But if it does – I think Derrick Mason's leash is going to get pretty short real quick. Uh, because with me, it's already getting pretty short. Just saying, I know we're switching defenses and stuff, but if you're struggling against Georgia State, who knows what it's going to be like against a competent offense that can move the ball like a lot of SEC offenses can. Yeah, I think um, they weren't a predominantly passing team, but in the first half, they, they didn't have any trouble. Like, nobody has, and... I think Mason, I don't think he will. I think he needs to just scrap the plan right now and go, man. Um, apparently his plan's kind of a complicated zone. Somebody made the point of like, well, get your guys in and get, get your recruiting class in. Work on it again next next uh, summer, you know, spring and summer. But right now you got to do what's going to win you games right now. And I don't think that zone's going to win us games. Yeah. Or we're going to struggle to win games with that zone. Yeah, I, I think that puts more pressure on the offense when you have wide receivers that are still young and uh, an offensive line that, against good opponents, has done decent. But against Georgia State, we look silly. Offensive lines, our offensive line just looked like it was getting owned every single play. Like, even guys like Tank Bigsby and Drekwes Hunter, who they see a little seam and they're gone. Uh, we we weren't getting those big run plays just because the offensive line wasn't opening up those holes this game. So I, I feel like there's a lot of places to blame for this loss. I don't think it was on any one person. I think it, it was just an overall offense and defense didn't do what they were supposed to. I will say real quick before we move on, uh, to come back from that deficit, one of the big keys is you have to stop giving up points. Mm-hmm. And so they did that. Yeah. Um, it was bad in the first half. As bad as it was, they they didn't give up another point. And if they do, we probably don't win that game. No, I don't think you do because, I mean, what was it, like 30 seconds left or 50 seconds? It was under a minute, and we were down by five. 
And and if we give up even another field goal, that's tough. That's a tough way to come back, um, even tougher than what it was. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of growing, and I keep thinking about growing pains that's going on right now. And Auburn's struggling right now offensively and defensively trying to figure that out. And it's about to hit us hard with SEC play coming up. And we need to to get our acts together, move forward, and I, I, I think we have to you know, make some changes. And I think one of those changes, and we, we can go ahead and talk about it, Jared, is what Harson decided to do with quarterback. And, and at the end of the third quarter, it was pretty evident, like, Bo wasn't having his best day. He, he was making overthrows. He was making bad decisions. Still didn't end up with an interception, but lots of mistakes. And I think Harson was just like, Bo, I've given you your shot. We're, we're putting TJ in. We need something else. And uh, so, Jared, I want to kind of talk about what you thought about when Harson put in Bo Nix at the end of the third quarter, uh, or he took out Bo Nix and put TJ Finley in. What, what did you think of that situation? Um, I feel, you know, I feel bad for Bo at the end of the day. I mean, the whole, it was not entirely his fault. Um, but I, I appreciate Harson putting the team ahead of, you know, what any history or legacy or anything like that. He basically said, I know who you are, but at this current moment, it ain't working. So I got to give another kid a shot. And he did. And he put Finley in and, and he made a point. And he's trying to take a little pressure off. But he said, look, we had tried every running back we had. We had tried every receiver we had. And we had not tried every quarterback we had. Yeah. So, um, And we still didn't. You, you could go to Davis. But I think it was the right call. Um, it TJ's not going to win a Heisman. And people are pointing out, slow down. Did you see the overthrows? I went back and rewatched it, okay? There were a few overthrows. Um, but the guy came totally cold off the bench. And there was some really good throws, and there was some keeping plays alive, keeping mm-hmm. eyes downfield. Um, the throw to Canyon may have been his best. I mean, avoiding pressure, rolling out, hitting him right on the sideline, and then Canyon made a great catch. Yeah. So there was a lot of good, more good than bad. Here's my thing, and then I'll let you talk. I I think the deal comes down to this, really, when you're talking about who should start. I think with Bo, we have enough on tape. We know who Bo is. That's what you're going to get with Bo. If that's what you want, you roll with that. TJ, he may be worse than Bo, but we don't know. There's an unknown there, and I think he earned himself with that comeback, that 98-yard drive. I think he earned the ability to say, hey, it could be better. Let, let's give me a shot. Yeah, and, and one other thing, I mean, I think there I – I don't know if this is true, but it kind of seemed like it was – as soon as uh, TJ Finley was announced and he walked out on the field – to at the end of the third quarter half of Auburn's bench was jumping up and down like they're energized to see TJ Finley go out there I don't know if that if, I'm not trying to like say there's like a locker room controversy or anything like that I just think that the players were just like I think we know what we're gonna get with Bo for the rest of the game let's see if TJ can do it and they they were wanting to get behind TJ and and I think it showed I mean we had some incredible catches and, and players played hard when T.J. Finley was on the field. I think the same can be said for when Bo was on the field in previous games. Auburn players have played really well with Bo Nix, too. So it's like, at this point, T.J. Finley has some momentum. He's got some 
some even the players behind him. And I think that says something. I, I I think I mean I think TJ should get a shot at continuing to be at, at least a portion of the offense, if not the starter. And and that's really ultimately up to Harson. I mean, Harson had the guts to you know pull Bo out, and I I think that says a lot. And uh, TJ Finley coming in there really doing a good job of uh, essentially kind of managing the game. And I mean, it took the ninety-eight yard drive for us to get ahead, and uh, TJ did that. He he got the guys down the field, and and it worked. So. I think, um, you know, the, the jubilation could have even been, all right, look, all right, yeah, Harson's doing what needs to be done. You know, like, hey, like I said, we're swapping other guys out. So it could have been more that. Um, if you listen to his pre- post-game, um, TJ, he's he's a hard guy not to root for. Seems very humble. Um, seems very educated. And, and honestly, you know, as soon as he scored, he did one quick celebration, and then he immediately looked over the sideline and told the kid, like, stay off the field, we're going for two. Yeah. So that shows you he knows the situation. Mm-hmm. He was not overwhelmed by it. He knew exactly what they needed to do next. Um, that, believe it or not, this blows my mind. That play call, Shedrick Jackson said it was, and I went back and watched, that was a fade route. It was hmm. supposed to be a fade route. And if you watch TJ, he – he pulls it back down because it wasn't there. Yep. He didn't just throw it. So he pulls it back down, scrambles, buys time. Credit to Shedrick for getting open. Also, one other thing, we were driving on the previous drive, and I'm not trying to make TJ out to be a hero, but we were driving on the previous drive, mm-hmm. and then Tank fumbles the ball entering the red zone. Yeah. So that's not TJ's fault. No. Um, and I'm not blaming Tank. That stuff happens. But people want to say, well, he had terrible drives before then because some people were defending Bo, right? And I understand. Uh, that drive before that, we were about to enter the red zone and, and yeah, it was like, tank fumbles. It was at like the 25, 30 yard line. It was like right yeah. in front of me in the stadium. And I was like, oh, crap, of course this is going to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately I think if tank holds on to that ball, we, we have a chance of scoring there too. So, I mean, it, it, yeah, it did come down to that final drive, but if tank doesn't fumble, we might've gotten the lead there and uh, it would have been a, a little bit different of, of way that that game played out. Uh, one other one other thing I did want to talk about, and, and I feel like this is kind of a bigger uh, kind of a Harson Brian Harson mentality is discipline, and that's what he you know has been preaching to his his team is have good discipline, and I I I think that's a big big ask for guys at this point. I feel like the, there's a lot of undisciplined plays, and I hope Harson, you know, gets buckles down and says, "Guys, we got to play disciplined ball because I mean that gets you missed assignments on defense, which has been the issue the last two weeks against Penn State and now Georgia State, where you you let guys run free and they're gonna make you pay for it. Um, but it also gets you unnecessary fouls like false starts or personal fouls after the play, and you're just like come on guys like stop it like it's totally unnecessary and I, I really hope that we figure out and and Harson gets them back on the discipline train that he keeps preaching about uh, if we do I think a lot of those penalties that we kind of gripe about <laughs> oh we had a great play oh but it was called back because of a penalty like I think a lot of that stuff doesn't happen and I think we we are talking bigger about, you know, oh, he had that great run. It wasn't called back. Yes. 
awesome. We move forward. Um, and, and so I, I would definitely want to see that coming, uh, coming out of it. Um, but I did want to uh, kind of come back to this because you had mentioned, you know, that last fourth down play was apparently a fade route. And <laughs> I, I, under Gus, I remembered a lot of people saying, Oh, the screen route sucks. Don't do it. And, and yet we still did, but it feels like the Bobo Harson era. It's kind of that fade route. And would you agree with that? Like that's kind of the <laughs> crap. Don't do it. <laughs> kind of route. I, I mean, I just don't, I don't know. It's such a low percent. Like it's something ridiculously low, even in the NFL. If you're gonna do it, you do it to capers or Canyon. You don't throw it to Shedrick Jackson. No offense, Shedrick. Um, the, you need somebody that's tall that can go over the DB in case the DB is covering it well. You don't throw a fade route to Shedrick Jackson. Um, that's my opinion. I've only played NCAA on on uh, the Xbox. But I just don't think that's what you do. So I, I don't get that. I don't realize. I feel like we're still not utilizing the middle of the field enough. I don't understand why you don't maybe stack one side and and have a guy run. You know, I mean, what, I don't know what we needed, like nine yards. I mean, I know it would have gotten us to the two, but... I feel like that's enough where you can run something over the middle, give yourself a couple of options. I don't know, fade route, you have one option. Luckily, he didn't just throw it. Because if he did, this is a whole different podcast, in yeah. my opinion. Um, now, giving them credit, and this is what, if we run this on fourth and two at Penn State, we're undefeated. The two-point conversion was a beautiful play. They did flood that side of the field. There was three guys open. I mean, he mm-hmm. could pick, take your pick. Um, it was a great play. And they rolled him out, and that's what should have been done. And so maybe that's some positive signs moving forward. Yeah, I mean, that's the same kind of scenario. Like, we did that on the two-point conversion. We we ran a different play, had multiple guys open. I I think that's that's a positive sign that they're they're learning from their mistakes. I mean, I, we knew it was going to be a learning experience with Harson and Bobo meshing their offenses, but this is – it felt rough. Uh, and and this is the roughness that I think we ha- we have to go through to f- get to the other side uh, because I, I I think they are figuring things out. It's just slower than we're hoping. Um, what that game really was about is it shows that if we can't run the ball, and this is what it was with Gus, if we can't run the ball at will, we're going to struggle, and it doesn't matter who we're playing. And I don't know why we couldn't run the ball at will. I do know this. We need to go ahead and start getting on the transfer portal for the Georgia State defensive linemen because they were whooping us <laughs> yeah and we're gonna need some next year so i say we get on that um i don't understand that but we couldn't run it at will and i also don't know what was up with tank because even though we didn't run great i still think um jarquez probably averaged like six yards a carry he seemed to be doing better tank was questionable apparently before the game i heard and he didn't seem to have the cut even on the few that he might have had an option to to get more yardage it just didn't seem typical tank mm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, seeing him in person, he wasn't – he didn't seem like he had that fire and that focus that I feel like he, he had. Um, and I think that's why – I mean, I'm thinking about a lot of the the major drives when our offense was moving, Jarquez was on there, um, which is kind of weird to say because I feel like Tank has been that guy. You put Tank in there, he gets these drives moving. But Jarquez stepped in there, and, and I feel like that's a – that's a positive, huge positive for Auburn moving forward is having a guy like Jarquez that can step in there when Tank may not have been 100% and uh, keep the ball moving and do good things. Um, so that was good to see. Also want to Tank. mention we did have Shivers back, so good to have him back. 
you got uh, at least one really good carry um, that was like 26 yards and then had a, at least one more that uh, I think that one got stuffed a little bit. But, hey, he's back, and I feel like, he, if anything, he's just knocking off the rust and uh, going to be ready to for some SEC play. Two more things real quick. Tank was not in at all in the final drive, and I don't know. Some coaches are like, hey, if you fumble, you're out, and <laughs> maybe that's the rule with Harson. Uh, they also put um, Shivers in the slot position a couple of times yesterday. We didn't really utilize it, but I've been saying that needs to happen because of his speed. Mm-hmm. Get him get him on a drag route. Yeah. Well, I, so I like to see that. we got to have him on the field, and I think we need help at receiver. So saw him in the slot a couple of times, and that kind of excited me. Yeah, uh, and and I think that also frees him up, and and I think we did it once was that you know speed sweep kind of handoff thing. Yeah, because he can come across the field, hand it off to him. I mean, there's multiple things with his kind of speed you can easily do. Hey, Auburn fans! I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there, and best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Um, I did want to talk slightly about, before we go over to defense, about our, our wide receivers because I am starting to see Kobe Hudson bubble up to the top and be our go-to guy. He, I think without Kobe Hudson this game, I don't think we win this game. I mean, I know Shedrick caught the touchdown pass and all, but I don't think if Co- if Kobe's out there playing his butt off and getting huge third down catches or, or first down catches, like I, I don't think we win. And I, I think we found our guy. If it's not going to be Shedrick Jackson or Kobe, it's probably going to be Kobe. And, and I know we also didn't have Demetrius Robertson out. I saw him on the sideline. He was on the on the bike, kind of keeping warm. He did have his helmet on a few times on the sideline, but I, I don't think he was 100%. I don't think the coaches were willing to put him out there um, if he wasn't 100%. So, um, But I do look at – I mean, he looked ready to go. So I expect him to probably be back for next week's game. Um what did you think of you know Kobe's you know, his gutty performance? I mean, he the way he played was, I mean, he's he's become in my opinion our best wide receiver. I think he uh, Hutz, uh, Kobe seems to be focused and seems to be having fun. 
Um, <laughs> no, good one. No, I, I agree with you, man. And that that's uh, and give give credit to Anthony Schwartz. He said, you know, in his parting statement, his exit interview, if you will, they said, "Who's the most ready?" And he said, "Kobe." And I, I think he's right. Um, I think you're right. I think he went for seven for seventy five or something like that uh, catches. Um, you know, really the only bad thing he's done all year was the fumble, and that stuff happens. So you know, um. I, I I don't know what doghouse Capers and Canyon were in, but hopefully they're out of that because right. they were huge yesterday. I mean, Capers had a couple of catches. Canyon had that amazing catch where he kept his feet in. Yeah, and they just looked the part, man. I mean, they're like they're they're at least six three plus, and you need those targets. Um, we need all of them. the The interesting thing is, I don't think Robertson played number zero for yeah, the, he did. the transfer. Yeah, I don't know if we know the reason for that, but. I, he, um, I mean, I saw him on the medical bike. I mean, that was pretty much it. Like, I, I, I just don't think he was 100%, and coaches weren't okay. willing to put him in. Uh, well, I, at the end of the day, I think Hudson is definitely – I agree with you. I think he's he's become the go-to. I do think we need – look, I love Shedrick, and I think Shedrick is that guy, that fourth-down guy. He's going to keep moving around. He's going to get open. But we don't need him to be our main target. Um, I, I just think skill-wise, he has a he has a limit. Yeah, and so we need Capers and Canyon to also start developing more because um, that's how we're going to win ball games. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I also shout out Shadrick because this was his first career touchdown as an Auburn Tiger, which that's pretty crazy. Like I, I could have swore he had at least one more, but he's he's played. I think this was his thirty second game, and this is his first touchdown. So big congrats to him. I mean, I I probably sounded like I was putting him down, but I, I'm just saying, I think Kobe's, I think he's their go-to guy, but I, I love to see Shedrick, who's obviously another solid wide receiver for us. So, you know, it's it's the way things go. It, it And maybe next week, Shedrick's our guy. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I did want to mention this, uh, and this was kind of, uh, it was just announced on Sunday that Auburn uh, ended up firing their wide receiver coach, Cornelius Williams. And uh, we have now promoted uh, the former Boise State offensive coordinator slash analyst um, to a, the wide receiver coach. Jerry, what what do you think of that? I mean, four games in, we fire our wide receivers coach. I don't know. That's kind of crazy. Um, you know, the, the little bit we've seen, it does appear to just be on the field related. When something happens this quick, you always speculate, was there other things going on? But it appears to be on the field. I've heard potentially, you know, lack of recruiting uh, success. I've heard, you know, just the the. It's very uh, apparent that the receivers are not performing well. Um, somebody made a point. They said, "Did this happen at halftime of the Georgia State game?" Because, and I kind of joked about it. Capers and Canyon had not been playing, and they played the and made big plays in the second half. So, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know what to think about it. Um, Hopefully it was, you know, nothing serious, but, uh, and I hate it for, for that guy. And, um, you know, but the wide receivers definitely need to be playing better. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Like the, it's been a, I mean, we knew it was going to be an issue with the young guys, but I didn't think it was going to be this bad. Like I feel like, and, and I know there was a couple of times where I feel like the wide receivers just didn't sometimes know the route to run or ran the incorrect route. And, when that happens, I feel like that's sometimes, I mean, that's usually, I mean, if you're not coaching them and telling them this is what you do in this scenario, maybe that comes down to what Cornelius 
he wasn't coaching his guys up in the way that they should run the routes and uh, different scenarios that might have thrown. I don't know. Just kind of speculation a little bit there. Um, let's switch over and talk about defense and, and how it went against Georgia State. Um, we've already mentioned, you know, first half not great. Uh, second half got things into gear. Uh, coaches probably told them some things that I'm not allowed to say on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we could put the little E beside it. Explicit. <laughs> yeah, we could. So, I, you know, I can start bleeping. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. Um, but I do think the defense got a talking to at half and started playing disciplined football, which is key. You need communication and discipline on defense to play well. And both of those things came together in the second half. We didn't really give up many big plays. And even if they they did start moving the ball, we kept them out of the end zone and from scoring any points in the second half. So defense did its job in the second half. And like you mentioned, you had to have essentially a second half shutout by our defense if we were going to have a chance at coming back in this game. And, and they did their job. And... Uh, I, I think that kind of energized the, the offense on our final drive. They they, they knew it was their time um, to come out and actually score a touchdown. It took so long to score a touchdown on offense. Still makes me mad. Still makes me mad. Um, but I did want to shout out our leading tackler for the game, and, and it was Chandler Wooten. So Chandler Wooten had to step in because uh, both Papo and McLean were out. McLean was out for the first half. Papo didn't play at all. Um, but Chandler Wooten, he got 12 tackles and six of those were solo tackles. He was flying around. And I feel like every time during the game, if, if a big hit was laid, I feel like it was Wooten. Like he was out there finding guys and hitting them, um, which was all it's, I'm a defensive player. I love seeing that. Um, but yeah, I think it kind of shows, yeah, we had a drop off without McLean and Papo, but Wooten was able to step up there and do well. Uh, I will say, I know Wesley Steiner had to come in there and play linebacker. I, I'm I didn't specifically watch him most of the game, but I I, I think McLean coming back in the second half kind of switched things up. We we figured things out, and I think that that helped our defense a lot. And uh, McLean's definitely going to be a, a player that we need on defense um, for this season on defense, I think, to go the way that we hope it will. Um, so, any other kind of thoughts, Jared, about our defense? No, I think you hit on all that. I mean, really, it's about, you know, Zacoby is just so important. And if Owen's in, but Zacoby's not, maybe this, maybe it doesn't get away from us. But losing both was a big deal. And um, secondary still scares me. Um, you know, I, th- I feel like smoke – Monday misses assignments more than he should as a senior, but then he also gets a pick six. So it's like mm-hmm. he's kind of like bang or bust. <laughs> yeah. Um, he doesn't always intercept it, but when he does, it's a touchdown. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> he um, did that. Well, yeah, he had that against uh, in 2019 Tennessee, Iron Bowl. Iron Bowl. Yeah. He did an Iron Bowl. He did it against Tennessee last year maybe that kind of still – is that right, last year? I don't mm-hmm. know. He had what, he had a 100-yard interception so. for a touchdown against Tennessee. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's kind of, you don't, you don't ever know what you're getting with him either. Um, secondary, secondary is a little rough right now, if I'm being honest. And I don't know, I think it's more schematic than players. So I'm not trying to knock the players. I Mm -hmm. think, I think 
if I'm if I'm Mason, I know I've said it. I scrap the. I go back and look at last year's film and say these guys did really well playing man. Let's just let's just do that. <laughs> um, but I don't know. You know, I'm sure they'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I think Smoke. Th- there were multiple times where I, I saw him and it felt like he was kind of a liability in coverage, and he left his guy open. And and you're thinking, come on, like you're a senior, like don't do that. Um, he even had like a holding call on one of the passes. I mean, it's those were kind of just dumb plays that I feel like Smoke is smarter than that. So I I think that's just a charge at him to do better, and I I think he is better than that. So he's he's wanting to get to the next level. He's wanting to get to the NFL, and uh, he's got to make those things more of a priority um, to prove to the NFL that he can do it. Because I think in open field tackling, or if you you know, blitz send him on a blitz, he is one of the best in the game. But it's a matter of getting better coverage on a consistent basis that I think Smoke needs to improve on. I agree. All right, let's talk about the fun one. And by fun, I'm not being sarcastic. I mean, it was actually pretty fun. It was special teams. Um, <laughs> we, we got pretty good... I mean, pretty good play from our special teams. I think the one bad play was that muff punt return. You know, I think it was uh, Javarius Johnson just dropped it. Um, did end up recovering it, but that gave me a little bit of a hard attack. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and we also had, for punt returns, we had Kalen Newton. He was out there. He got a pretty good return for 19 yards. Um, and then we even had uh, Brad Lester out there. Um, so... Or Barton Lester, sorry, Brad Lester. I was about Barton to say Brad Lester. Lester. He was a running back for like ten <laughs> years ago, longer than longer than that, actually. Yeah, Barton Lester, who who got a, a punt return. So we've tried a few guys out there at punt return. Um, as far as kicks go, I mean, Honors did pretty well. He did miss one, um, and so I, I mean, he is such a consistent guy. Um, it did kind of stink. I think he was up to like eighteen or nineteen straight kicks that he had or field goals that he had made so that kind of hurt that he missed that one but i i think that was a high snap i, I was watching it live and i was like that's a it messed his timing up mm. and i'm not i'm not well, saying honors is perfect but i was like yeah that, that was a i wish they could put an asterisk by these and say that was not on him yeah and i think even i i remember seeing the laces too which i know kind of messes with kickers sometimes it wasn't perfect i, um, I think the guy had to gra- it wasn't where the snap needed to be and i think the guy had to just rush to get it down so you're probably right it probably wasn't in the right position yeah but that's that stinks like that that's something like i wish he had made all five and but hey, he's still doing great this season um and i'm not gonna harp on it too much i mean and most of the kicks anders had were through the end or you know at least in the end zone for kickoff so I feel like he he's doing well, um, and I mean, if anything, he, he's getting his percentage. His his kicking percentage is still pretty high. Yeah, Harson didn't even harp on him. He praised him. He said, you know, Anders. He's like because of him, we were in the game at, yeah. after the game. So, I mean, he wants them to make them all, but he didn't even say, well, we missed that one. He he gave him total total praise. Yeah, I mean, when you make four field goals and a half. It's usually not a good sign for your offense, but hey, at least you're on the scoreboard. And... At least you got a guy that can make four, right? Be... <laughs> yeah. If you can't make those, and you're you don't have any points. Yeah, you Auburn would not have any points, or we would have said we're going for it on fourth down. And yeah, I don't know how that would have gone. Um, I did want to talk about the the. I feel like it was the play that kind of sparked Auburn, which was the punt block 
by Kalen Newton. And then Barton Lester recovered it uh, in the end zone. So, man, that is that is some surreal kind of fun stuff. Even like Kalen Newton said, this was a surreal moment. Uh, it was definitely the best moment of my Auburn career, and I'm grateful for it. Um, I saw a picture floating around the internet of Cam Newton at his Heisman Trophy ceremony with the Heisman Trophy, and he got a picture with Kalen Newton, his little brother. And you got to think, like, Kalen Newton has been dreaming about playing college football for a long time. And for him to get such a big play in this game that ultimately I think got Auburn Auburn motivated to win this game. Like, I think without that, I don't think we win. I mean, I, I really don't. But uh, that that was a huge moment for Kalen, and uh, super glad to see that he got that. Yeah, he got a shout-out twice, Harson, before he walked off, and, and in his his official post-game press conference, Kalen got a shout-out. So I agree with you. I, I think – I mean, there's – I mean, nothing could go wrong. I mean, if any, anything goes wrong that – led to points we don't we don't win we needed all of them so absolutely think that that was huge if we don't get that you're right I don't I mean let's be honest we didn't score a touchdown until like the 59th minute so yeah I mean I don't know that we get those points any other way yeah I I really don't think so I mean at that point we needed it our our team needed it just for morale and hey we sent the house And, and it's cool to see like I feel like our special teams is has the capability when we need to to send the house and get a paw on the ball. Um, we've done it now a couple times during the season, so pretty excited to see that. And uh, I think that that could be a big play when we have some more SEC teams that we need to to get a good yeah, momentum shifter. And uh, our team seems to be capable of doing that. All right. I did also want to mention about our punter. So uh, I think you and I were kind of watching Oscar for this game. And uh, because, I mean, last game he was booming the ball almost 50 yards on average. And we were trying to see, like, is Oscar Chapman, is he going to continue to do that? And I I think our answer to that question was yes. I mean, he ended up having uh, uh, 46-yard average punts um, on, on five punts, so... He did his job and uh, did well on all of his punts. So I, I think that's a big success for Auburn um, to have a guy like Oscar Chapman out there. Um, that can, I mean, and a lot of those punts are really high, which allows the defense to get down there and, and pretty much there's nowhere for the guy to move. No, no option for a return. So uh, love to see Oscar continue to do well uh, at punting. All right, Jared, any other final thoughts about this? Uh, I'm going to say it was a scare <laughs> um, I, of a game. I mean, we did win. My first thought was embarrassment. <laughs> but mm-hmm. an embarrassment would have been we lost. Mm-hmm. I still feel like it was embarrassment to some extent, but I think it was more of a scare because uh, Auburn teams of previous have uh, come out with wins. I mean, I'm thinking about the more recent one against Jacksonville State from a few years back where we had to go to overtime to beat Jacksonville state. Um, so man, I'm just glad we got out of this one, um, with a win, but any other final thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, yeah, you know, to make myself feel better in case fans forget, um, Nick Saban's first year, he did lose to Louisiana Monroe <laughs> and Kirby smarts first year. He went into overtime with nickel state. So, 
you know, this stuff happens. Um, I was not saying that during the game. <laughs> nah, me either. I was, I was not this level-headed, but this stuff does happen. It's a new coaching staff. It shouldn't, but it does. And, you know, uh, we got the W. That, that, let, let's focus on the 98-yard touchdown drive because that that's impressive no matter what. Definitely impressive with your backup quarterback when you had to have it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then pretty much good good defense on the second half. Like, I feel like we can definitely focus on that. And it, the defense has got to do that the rest, like, all 60 minutes of the game. Like, they, they can't just focus on the second half. Or else, man, we're going to have some issues. Yep, I agree. All right, Jared, before we get out of here, how can the people stay in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter, A-J-A-Y, J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.